Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hey, everybody. It is Eric J. Olson coming at you live once again for another version, another episode, I should say, of the Managing Partners Podcast. So this is where we interview top lawyers from America's top law firms, managing partners in particular, to find out what they're doing to fill their case pipeline and to get more business to continue growing their firm. So today I have Shannon Pauly on, managing partner of the asset, uh, I'm sorry, the estate and asset protection law firm. How's it going, Shannon? It's going great. How are you doing, Eric? Fantastic. Well, thank you for making the time to be with us. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I always ask this question, but uh, it's kind of obvious from the name of your company. What do you guys do? So we are a law firm that specializes in estate planning and asset preservation, especially in regards to long-term care. Um, because very often persons think that they can go to an estate planning attorney for their strategic long-term care planning. And that's the joy of actually having the expertise in elder law. And that is exactly our focus, not only ensuring that people's wishes are fully documented and known concerning what they want to happen after their passing, their legacy, um, who they want to set up for after their passing. But this isn't our grandparents' generation. People aren't retiring at 60 and dying at 65. People are living well into their mid-70s, 80s, 90s, or even centurions. So as a result of that, long-term care is a very key focus for a person's asset preservation. Absolutely. Uh, I, I can definitely imagine. Now, have you always focused on kind of the senior segment of the population when it comes to assets and estate planning? We have actually. My um, former partner, Miss Victoria Collier, she actually founded the firm. And both her and I have a unique, similar background in regards to working at senior care environments during myself, my high school and college years, and her as a supplement while she was in the Army or she's in the Air Force. And that is very informative of the haves and the have nots and what happens if you have properly planned and what has happened if you are, I'll call it reactive to life's circumstances. And that's forever put a handprint on our hearts to be able to ensure that everybody is being able to maintain a level of dignity, care, and comfort through strategic asset preservation and estate planning. I could not agree more. Yeah, very important to get your fares in order well before they need to be in order. Yes. And yeah, things like estates and assets, uh, you, you have to protect those things. So I think it's great what you guys are doing. Thank you. How long have you been around? How big is the firm? Can you just give us a little more insight into the actual company, if you would? Um, sure. Our firm's been around since 2003. We are currently located in Metro Atlanta, specifically North Atlanta or Decatur, Georgia. And we actually have a significant amount of prominence, not only in being able to do the strategic planning for long-term care, but something else that sets us apart is not only being able to do what I'll call Medicaid, either proactive or crisis strategy planning, but we also help our veterans. Veterans are near and dear to us. I am the daughter of and wife of Navy veterans. My former partner, Victoria herself, being a veteran. So when we're working with individuals, and that's where a lot of connection that we've had 
is through the veteran agencies and just veteran connections. Now, we are at this point an office of, I believe we have nine people on staff here that are all here to serve. And we all have our own special expertises because what I will emphasize is what I know, I am a smart cookie at, but I'm not so egotistical as to think that I know everything. And that's where the beauty of my team comes in to add to what I call a kaleidoscope of color and experience to be able to ensure that our clients are adequately, properly, and in many cases, superiorly provided for in their strategy sessions with us. Very, very nice. No, that's great. You know, um, I actually, I, I got an estate put together six months ago and I've yet to transfer the assets in. So uh, <laughs> That kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? It does. Understand. That is actually one of the things that we hear most often. Persons pay, for example, the creation of some form of a trust, and they pay all of this money that at the end of the day, they just bought paper because if you don't fund a trust, yeah. it yeah. means nothing. So what you speak of, unfortunately, you're in good company, but that is one of the things when we're working with our clients we are carrying them through to advise them with suggestions and written instructions about how to be their own funder of their trust. Yeah. And actually, I, I think I used the wrong terminology. I said that I created an estate. I actually created a trust, right? But because I already had an estate, whether it was, you know, documented in, True. in as a trust or not. And so that is interesting. Like that, that was one of the things that I didn't understand as, you know, just, just a, a normal Joe that you already have an estate. It's just a matter of whether you're planning for it or not. I'm guessing that a lot of your clients will kind of fail to plan for it. And, uh, and what, what are some like situations that they may get themselves into before they even like come to you or like, you know, what are some things that they may try before they come to you? So we very often, what I'll say, we have the legal zoomers. And while I think that having some form of a documentation is better than nothing, but what I always emphasize is when it comes to legal zoom, I'm a child of the 70s and 80s. We all played with the Mad Libs, where give me a noun, give me a verb, give me an adjective, and we're gonna make the silly story for you. Well, I equate complete, completion of a lot of these legal Zoom documents almost to the same as an ad lib or a Mad Lib, where you're actually putting in information, you're forcing your state into a cookie cutter mold. And what we have noticed quite often is people thought they were saying one thing, but as we tell them what the stated words are stating, it's completely different. The other thing we'll very often have is what I call armchair uh, estate planners. It's where they heard somewhere that you want to avoid probate at all costs. So they have a home that they had purchased back in the 40s for a nominal value that's now in a highly affluent area in Georgia, that instead of going through proper estate planning, which gives an opportunity at date of death to have what's called a step up in basis. So you don't have as much of a um, financial gain hit in the event that property's ever sold. Somebody told them, well, you can avoid probate by putting somebody on as joint with right of survivorship. Well, so they put their children on it. And true, you've avoided probate. Good job. But guess what? They took your cost basis when you purchased the home. So if they purchased, you purchased the home in 1940 for 15,000 and now it's worth 600,000. That's quite a bit of gain that they could be hit with where if they went through proper estate planning and strategy, yeah. it'd be much more nominal. So those are some of like the basics that I see quite often. Yeah, it was, uh, it was very eye-opening for me uh, personally. And, you know, I, I did not think that I needed it. And I, I would imagine that a lot of people probably think that they're not ready for it. I don't think I'm ready for it. Like, I haven't made it, you know? I don't. I definitely do not consider myself rich. I mean, we're doing well, but it's one of those things where it sounds like, from what I understand and from what my lawyers have conveyed to me, it's 
one of those things that you it's certainly you want to have put in place and uh there's there there's never a time like the now to do it and then as you continue to acquire assets over your life you continue to put them into the trust and it's just protected exactly because one of the comments i make is with estate planning it's not one and done you need to make sure that your estate grows with you when your estate expands and when it contracts also and you are correct. A lot of people, especially start talking about trust, people have this connotation. The word trust means like the Vanderbilts, the Carnegie's, right. that it's all about asset preservation for a multi-generation. But what I emphasize is a trust that we do quite often is for probate avoidance or for ease of transition into the then of incapacity. Yeah. Because at least in Metro Atlanta right now, we have certain counties that even on the most basic probate due to COVID delays, the courts are telling you to expect what could be up to three years for a basic wow. yeah. probate administration. And why not try to avoid that for your heirs so that your heirs can actually grieve after your passing instead of mm -hmm. stressing out about dealing with probate? Yeah, not to harp on it this much, but uh, but one of the interesting things that I found through the process, and I guess it was the living will part was, I mean, I, I had to make some decisions that I wasn't ready to, to make. Like <laughs> if my wife died before me and I was incapacitated, to the point where they thought I want to make it through, who do I want to make the decision to pull the plug? Right. And I'm mm -hmm. like, oh. and they needed a name and I'm like, Oh, exactly. So, there's, there's a lot to it. And there's a lot of these situations that I'm sure you deal with day in and day out, day out. And so uh, I definitely appreciate what you do. I, I went Thank through it, like I said, in the last six months and uh, it was eye opening. but well, let, let, let's, let's shift a little bit. Okay. So, you know, one of the things that we like to talk about a lot here, since we're a digital marketing agency, is what managing partners and law firms are doing to fill their case pipeline. So one of the questions that I have for you is, you know, what are some of the different ways that you go about getting new clients? Okay, so one of the things I'm really big about is having an educated consumer. So I, on a weekly basis, do a seminar series. That's webinars. And it's cumulative knowledge, because very often we don't know what we need because we don't know the questions, we don't know the facts. So I like to give education and through that education, it will very often either lead to a, oh, I need more information here or it'll lead to, well, I don't need this, but oh my gosh, I was just talking to my sister and now she has that exact issue you just talked about. So I'm very big on a webinar educational series. In addition, I'm very honored actually to be the only attorney that is on the Atlanta Journal Constitution's Aging in Atlanta. And that's been something absolutely wonderful because when we talk about aging, there's more than just estate planning. There's more than just financial. There's so much more. And in this environment that I'm able to be part of through the AJC, we're actually able to, I'll say, assist the audience on a more broad paint stroke than where I can only specifically talk about my one thing. Lastly, I'm very big on referral relationships with professional organizations or professionals themselves, such as we have a very good relationship with a handful of skilled nursing facilities, assisted living facilities, social workers, veteran organizations, and also just fellow attorneys, because as attorneys, we know what we're good at and we know what we need to refer. And I'm always honored when I have, whether it be a facility or an attorney or some other professional having enough trust in me that they're referring me to someone that they have a pre-established relationship with, which says yep. volumes to me. Yeah. And you said the key word there, trust, right? When you get a referral, it's from a 
almost always a trusted source, especially if you're going to act on it, then it was definitely a trusted source. And so there's a lot of value behind those referrals. Yes. You know, we, we, we don't work on generating referrals for our clients here because, you know, that, that's just not the kind of work that we do, but it's, it is the best source of new business. No doubt about it for your business, for my business, the more referral traffic you can generate, the better. The downside I think is that it's difficult sometimes to predict when that's going to happen. And usually the referral is I'll tell one person and I may never tell another person, right? So it's not high volume. It's hard to predict. It's hard to scale. There are some programs you can put into place to try to, you know, remind people that referrals are good for you and you would, you would like a referral. But we, th we like to say that, you know, definitely go for all the referrals you can but augment with other factors that you can kind of like turn up, turn down. So you mentioned like uh, the speaking and, and the uh, professional associations. That's all really good stuff. I, I think that's fantastic. There's a, wherever there's a pro, there's a con. Con is exactly. it takes your time, right? 100%. Yeah. yeah so. But, you know, like I said, I actually, this area of law I'm in, it is my passion. I have my own personal history and I have my own personal family involvement that makes it such a passion to me. And yeah. I think that, while it does take a lot of time, it's also a great thing to be able to say that you are working within your passion. Definitely. Excellent. We have a question from the audience. So Zach Miller asks, do you do anything specific to get the referral or does it just happen? Nurture, nurture, nurture. What I mean by that is you always want to be front of mind. You want to keep reaching out um, just casual you know i heard xyz just passed as a bill out of curiosity how's that affecting you because uh, i'm brainstorming how it might affect me so we're having those type of conversations the other thing that i emphasize too is be a giver if you want referrals give referrals because very often people want to receive but they don't want to give because they're afraid if they give that they're throwing away money shall we say that could be harbored by them but i emphasize the more you give, the more you receive. I think that's great advice. I completely agree. Yeah. First and foremost, I want the business. But secondly, the next best thing is to give a referral to somebody, another business owner, or you know, connect connect the dots, help someone out, right? And there's a lot of good karma that comes along yes. with that as well, right? One day, the favor will be repaid. Exactly, exactly. Well, great. So let, let's talk about kind of growth plan. So you've been around for several years. You've done yes. fairly well. Uh, well, and uh, sounds like you're a, a growing firm, nine staff, a staff of nine. What are your plans for, say, the next two to five years? So in the next two to five years, I'm actually dual state licensed. I'm licensed with George as well as Michigan. And I have a very strong mm -hmm. established um, reputation in Mich Michigan, specifically Metro Detroit. So because of my professional context that I have up there, one of my goals is to be able to expand out to the Metro Detroit area also, assisting with the same type of passion and focus that we have. As for locally, one of the things I will say, and I think that we've all learned this kind of sort of through COVID, is that um, technology cuts down the miles quite a bit. And so where I had at one point wanted to focus on, I'll call it multi-office, what I have actually noticed is that I can do most stuff here in the Decatur office, where at most we may be going to a person's abode or meeting at a mutually agreed meeting spot that I may rent out for the ultimate signings and et cetera. Um, lastly, one of the things that I'm looking into and I'm still trying to determine is I want to try to be as much of a 
I use the term a one-stop shop either by my own services or have a stronger referral network. Because one of the biggest things that I'm experiencing with my clients is what we refer to as orphaned elders. These are people that, you know, their spouses died, all their siblings have died, they don't have any children. And now they want to get these estates organized, but they don't know who can help them. And as I'm seeing this repeatedly, I'm feeling pulled to be able to do some type of a professional fiduciary assistance in those type of scenarios, whether directly through myself or just to continue to harbor stronger relationships with professional fiduciaries. So I make this comment, if there's any professional fiduciaries out there hearing this, please reach out to me because you know I know that's a need and I am seeing that more and more as to why I'm even considering it for myself in my practice. I think being a fiduciary is a very strong attribute to being a, a professional and professional service provider. So um, I, I think that's great as well. Thank you. Very nice. Yes. If there was one thing that you could change about your marketing, what would that one thing be? Well, if it was the one thing, it'd be unlimited revenues. Because with <laughs> unlimited revenues, I'd be able to do more um, variety, more of, more of everything. And then at that point, that's great. But what I would probably say, if I was being more realistic than asking, having the genie give me a million more wishes, I would probably say that it would be having a relationship with someone that has a true understanding of our avatar for our different services. Because I think that while you can only do so much as yourself, and when you are bringing in third parties, there's at times not a 100% understanding of who your perfect A client avatar is. And I think that being able to have stronger communication with my different vendors that I utilize would always be stronger because through them understanding my avatar stronger, they're going to be able to be more creative in their suggestions of marketing techniques, but also being able to tweak, shall we say, with the wells that we have drawn water from prior to make sure that we reinforce. That's great. Great advice and uh, it's a great suggestion about the avatar. Do you, do you have your avatar really tightly defined or is it kind of up here still? We do have it tightly defined for our key services, but as we keep developing, I want to make sure that, you know, as we're focusing more, for example, on probate, which is something we had not historically been working strongly in. I am trying to make my probate avatar as strong as my estate planning and my Medicaid strategic planning, for example. Would you mind providing an example of one of your avatars? Um, certainly. So what I will say is for the purposes of what I'll call governmental planning for Medicaid, my perfect avatar is going to be a married couple. And that married couple are going to have joint assets of uh, 1.5 or higher. And we're going to have one needing to go into some form of a skilled nursing facility where the other one will be staying at home. And we want to make sure that the one that is staying at home is healthy to the point that there's no foreseeable need for the next five to six years for them needing assistance. Because by that very simple financial and marital status and the economic status, we're able to hone in the best benefits that we can through strategic Medicaid planning. Very specific. I like that a lot. Have you named your avatars, this couple? Do they have names? Um, we have a couple. So for example, I have 
what I'll refer to as we'll call it we'll call it Medicaid Mary or Medicaid Mike if we're dealing with a single individual. Yep. And when we're dealing with the state planning, we don't really put those down to names as much as with the Medicaid because then at that point, you know, it's more estate planning, Medicaid, estate planning, single, which isn't as fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm also guessing at, at some point, someone in your office has said, yeah, but what would Mike want? What would Mary want, right? That's the power of it. You, it's almost like you can create this relationship with this avatar, and then you make your business decisions based on whether the avatar, you know, would agree with what you're doing or not. And and it's not that, that you're ideal clients have to be a hundred percent in line with that avatar. Right. But, but they should align somewhat and the closer, the better. And you are correct, Eric, because we'll sit down as a team and we'll go, okay, you know, Medicaid Mike. Okay, fine. What was his job previously? Yeah. Is he actively involved in anything social? Is he actively involved in some form of religious practice? Yeah. You know, and kind of like what you're talking about. And just by there, when we're trying to flush out more about Medicaid Mike, now all of a sudden we are seeing more opportunity because we're developing Medicaid Mike all the stronger. That's great. I love it. Very nice. That That's really, really good. As a matter of fact, you are the first managing partner that I've spoken to who has said that they have an avatar and, and it's such a strong avatar. Now, maybe others have, but uh, this is the first time it's been articulated. So congratulations. You are the first. <laughs> Yay! But Shannon, I, I really appreciate your time. If somebody would like to get in touch with you, what is a good way for them to do that? So the best way would be to reach out to our website. It's at elderlawgeorgia.com. Georgia is spelled completely out. Once again, that's elderlawgeorgia.com. Fantastic. And real quick, we have a comment actually from Keith. Great info. And I agree. So. Thank you, Keith. All right, everybody. If you would like to see more episodes like this, you can go to ArrayLaw slash podcast. It's the URL on the very bottom there. And you can find more episodes just like this. And if you're interested in getting digital marketing for your law firm, check out Array Digital. That's my company at ArrayLaw.com, where we provide websites, SEO, online advertising, and social media. All right, Shannon, thanks again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.